0: Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. My name is Dan Osica. Uh, Most of you know that. I am the son of a father in heaven and I share that with most of you and I am also the father to two children I have some pictures of them right here that's my older son Walker and my younger son Rowan but if you have careful eyes you can see them sitting right here also IRL that's in real life for those of you that are still thinking about that I am also in love with being a father. I love it. I love the idea of fathers. I love the calling of fathers. And I like to think that I have a certain level of expertise that allows me to share with you some wisdom about being a father. Um, And here's why. Nine years ago, nine and a half years ago, when my older son was born, I was, how do you say it? Old. So I had already seen all of my friends raise kids to a certain degree and make a lot of mistakes. And I said to myself, I am not going to make those mistakes. And you know how it goes. Your children are born. And I'm happy to say I did not make those mistakes. I found a whole new set of mistakes that I could make, and I learned from them. So I'm here today as an expert in a father who has made mistakes and hopefully learned something from them. And I want to share some of that with you. Now, what some of you may not know about me is I am also the son of a father who has already gone to be with Jesus. So, can we show that picture? That's my dad. Get a little choked up. Still, <laughs> his name is Chuck, and uh, he was a godly and wonderful man. Probably one of the biggest disappointments in my life is that he never got to meet my youngest son, because he would have loved Rowan. Excuse me he was a good man and he loved jesus and he wasn't much of a conversationalist he couldn't spell at all but other than that he was brilliant and he was compassionate and loving and he gave very very much of himself but he was also humble and he didn't realize how much he gave he didn't realize how much he had to offer so he died from lymphoma it plagued him for maybe 15 years, um, and it progressively got worse. He handled most of his life as he had it, like with a plum. He was very strong, got to do a lot of things, engaged in life, and had wonderful relationships. But near the end, when it was really weighing down on him and life was getting harder and it became clear that it was probably going to be soon that he passed away, he started to get introspective about his life, as you do. And he started to think, what impact have I had in my life? Which baffles my mind, because he really was a godly man. And it bothered him so much that he actually had a conversation with my mom about it. This is not like my dad. My dad's not a dialoguer. He takes things in internally, but he brought this up to my mom. And as he was thinking about his life and the things he'd done or hadn't done, He said to her, "'Well, Barb, at least I guess I could say "'I was a good father,' which he was. "'And my mom looked at him and said, "'Chuck, at least God himself calls himself a father.'" And I've thought about that ever since. Just think about that. God calls himself a father. Let's, let's look at this. There's a verse here. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That's 1 John 3.1. He calls himself a father. So can there be a higher calling for a man that God has gifted with children than to call yourself a father and to take that mantle on you and to walk in the footsteps of God our Father? to do what he does, and to impress that on your children and pass on your faith and your knowledge and your wisdom and the strengths that God has given you. I don't think there is a higher calling than that for people that have been put into that position. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, God calls us to be like him. And so I thought, what does that mean? What does that mean for a father? How do you be a godly father? and walk in the footsteps of God our Father. So I started thinking about this and looking through Scripture and looking for ways that God describes himself as well as challenges that he has for us that would apply to being a father. So, after having thought about that for a while, behold, I give you Osika's Pyramid of Foundational Godly Fatherhood, patent pending. Yes, this is a foundational pyramid because it builds on itself. Uh, you can't have the top one without the bottom one. Let me explain why. Let's take a look at Jeremiah twenty-three, twenty-three. This is God. He's talking about himself. He says, am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. So the bottom pyramid portion here is God as a father is present. He's always with us. Right now, always, forever. He's omnipresent and he's intimately involved in our lives. He's there. So fathers... You, too, are called to be present in your children's lives. See, God didn't just wind the clock and walk away, as some people have said. He's here right now, and he's engaged in our lives, and he cares about what we say, what we think, and what we feel. And you, fathers, are called to do the same thing for your children. You can't have any impact with them if you're not there. Right? Pretty simple. So let's go on from there. Once you are present in your children's lives, what's the next step you can add on to that? So if you look at Ephesians 3.18, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of these verses before, but maybe I'm reframing them a little bit. Ephesians 3.18, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. God, our Father, loves you intimately and unconditionally. And maybe this will be a hard one for you, but fathers, you are called to love your children unconditionally. That means they need to know there is nothing they could say, nothing they could do, nothing they have ever done that could make you stop loving them. Now let me be clear about this. Loving a child unconditionally does not mean accepting everything they do unconditionally. That's not loving them. That's placating them. And that is not love. So sometimes you are called to discipline. Sometimes you are called to have difficult conversations. But you're always called to love. I tell my boys, I love you. But I also like you. And that's better. Because I'm a dad. I have to love you. But I don't have to like you. So... If you don't like your children all the time, that's okay. As long as you love them as best as you can, unconditionally. And that is walking in the footsteps of God, our Father. So the next step, on the right, and these are deliberately together. And I'll explain that in a minute. You have to be committed. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. This is Paul talking about His journey in life. And I don't just mean committed to your children. You have to be committed to your own faith. Paul says, no. I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul's saying, the job is important. But my faith is equally important. I have to be committed to Christ. So you as a father cannot pass that on to your children unless you are committed. So you need to do the work that it takes to be with Jesus Christ, to build your faith, and to make it relevant in your life so that you can pass it on. Now here's why these things are together. You can be present and loving only, but then you're just their friend, and they got lots of friends. And you can be present and committed only, But then you're just their coach. And they don't need a coach. They need a dad. So to be a good dad and a godly dad, according to the Osika pyramid, you have to be present, loving, and committed. Now once you are those things, once you've established your presence and your love and your commitment to your faith, then and only then can you be intentional about raising your children. I'm sure you've heard this next verse as well. We talk about this one probably at every Father's Day, every Mother's Day, every time our children make decisions we don't think are wise and we hope they'll come back from it. So you've probably heard this before too. This is Proverbs 22, six: Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right, we've heard that. But what it doesn't say, and sometimes I think this is what we hear, it doesn't say, Pray before dinner, and when you're old, your child will not depart from his faith. It doesn't say go to church every Sunday, and when he's old, your child won't depart from his faith. It doesn't say help your child survive adolescence without doing drugs. These are all good things, but they are not training your child in the way he or she should go. Training is hard, training is constant training is intense you guys have seen rocky right right we train our children and it takes work you got to eat those raw eggs that makes sense to people who are old enough to have seen rocky i'm talking about the first one yes it matters i had a friend who was learning uh, saxophone and he said to me i practice every day and i was like well why that seems hard And he said do you know what happens if you don't practice does anyone know what happens when you don't practice nothing at all and it's the same with your faith if you are being present and loving and committed with your children you also need to train them I, I told this to a friend once and she was like train your children that's so weird but it is the calling of a father who wants to be godly so let me let me give you an example of an opportunity I had once to train and believe me I've made enough mistakes I'll have a couple where I sound good here and maybe a couple where I don't this is one of the good ones A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Sarah was leading worship. We were sitting right there. We were singing and lifting up praises to God. And all of a sudden, behind me, I heard weeping, crying. And I kind of turned, half-turned, and looked, and I saw that it was Karen Ill who was in worship with her father in heaven, but crying because she'd lost her dear husband of many years, and she was sad and hurting. And me, who is a wonderful person, said, Wow, that's really sad. Somebody should comfort her. Yeah, so I'm not always perfect. And about 30 seconds later, I realized she was still doing it, and it came to me like, Dan, you're somebody. And I glanced behind me, and I noticed, while I was debating about that, Rich Postalwaite had moved next to her and put his arm around her. And they were worshiping and crying together. And then... Another 30 seconds later, I noticed the space next to me was empty. And I looked back and saw that my wife had moved up to her other side. And there were three people there, arm in arm, worshiping and grieving together. And when I looked forward again, I saw that my older son Walker had glanced back with a look of concern in his eyes. He's a compassionate kid and he doesn't like to see people sad. He has a gift there. And that was a moment I realized I could train him in something very good. So I leaned down and I whispered to him, do you see this? This is the body of Christ in work, in action. This is happening and it's real and it's relevant. And people who don't know Jesus don't have this. This is a group of people who can worship together and grieve together. Collect one another's tears because it matters. Do you see it? And he said, yes, I do. It was a moment, I don't, I don't know that I'll forget, because it was a realistic moment of saying, faith is relevant. What we do here isn't just in a building. It's not just singing songs. It matters in real life that we have a God who is alive, and we have a Savior who matters, and we have a call as Christians to love one another. That was a good example of training. And it's the kind of thing that has to happen all the time as best as you can do it God actually calls us to this too this is Deuteronomy 6 4-8 hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home And when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That's a lot of different times, isn't it? This isn't just try it once. This is all the time. Faith is relevant. And if you're training your children, if you're doing that and taking it intentionally, then you have to look for these opportunities and pass them on. That is a high calling for being a dad. And that is a difficult one. So the only way you can really be present, be loving, be committed, and be intentional is to deliberately spend quality time with your children. You have to plan quality time with them. It just doesn't work any other way. But there is a problem with planning quality time. Does anyone know what it is? be work the problem with quality time is you can't plan it let's look at this next slide this is a quote from Steve Artiburn. Steve Artiburn is a Christian counselor for many many years he's written I don't know something like a hundred books he is the founder of New Life Ministries and he runs a radio program of Christian counseling he had Henry Cloud on it among other things and he said this (laughs) Time is valuable. See, fathers, your currency is time, and you only have so much of it. So you have to invest it wisely where the most return is going to happen. Time is valuable. And the only quality time is quantity time. You need to spend time with your kids, set family time, and stick to it. Quantity time gives birth to quality time. And if that doesn't make sense, let me share another example with you. See, the thing is, you don't get to plan when your children have hearts that are open to hear your quality time. That happens organically. And it's possible that you miss the time that they're ready to hear from you if you're not spending quantity time with them. Or even worse... Maybe you haven't spent enough time with them so that when they are ready to share, they don't trust you enough to do it. So that's why quantity time is the key to sharing intentionally with your children. A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, Kim had taken Walker to a gym, and Rowan and I were by ourselves, and he asked if we could watch TV And in a moment of clarity, I said, no, I don't want to do that. Let's instead take a walk together. I didn't have any plans. I just thought it would be nice to get outside because it was a nice day. And so we started taking a walk around the block. And Rowan, who was seven at the time, asked me about the sale of our house. Which then turned into questions about, well, how does a mortgage work? I mean, he's seven. He's he's got some great questions. He's a good conversationalist. If you ever want to engage with him about it, so we started talking about mortgages, and guess what? That turned into a conversation about return on investment. We talk about ROI in our family. You guys know what ROI is, right? It's essentially what's worth doing. What's going to be the biggest payoff in our lives? And so we're talking about ROI with my seven-year-old and other economic um, tendencies, which then turned into a conversation about how God calls us to give our time and give to the poor, which is the greatest investment because it builds up treasure that cannot be taken. This was an organic conversation that Rowan started because he was ready to receive and he had questions. And because I happened to be present at the time, because I was engaging in quantity time, I got to share in it. And I got to be a part of this amazing conversation we had that I still haven't forgotten. Now, before you start thinking that I'm super dad, it's moments like these, connection points that I had with my son, deep conversations that we had that make me wonder how many more of these have I sacrificed? Have I given up because I was tired? Because I was distracted? How many have I sacrificed because I was busy? Or if I'm being completely honest with you how many have I given up because I was just lazy? How many times have I come from work and I just wanted to watch TV? or read on my phone or look at a book. How many times have I done that? Too many to count, probably. So my charge to all of you dads today, if we could pull that up, is commit to spending quantity time with your children. Let quantity time give birth to quality time. And I want to be clear about this. There's nothing wrong with taking time for yourself. Jesus did it. Paul did it. You need time to build up your own faith. But where you really need to concentrate is recognizing that time is your currency. And when you spend time for yourself, you do it at the sacrifice of other things. You have to determine what is your ROI on your time. Where is it best spent? Where is it going to make the most impact? You have to ask yourself. You have to do a heart check. Is my time best spent by myself right now, building up my faith, building up my energy? Maybe the answer is yes. But probably, more often than not, the answer is going to be, it's better for me now to die to myself and give to my family. This is the calling I've been made analyze that and choose it for yourself so that is charge number one just for you dads others can take it too if you want to moms I think that can can be universal spend quantity time with your children so there's only half of you here that are men and not all of you are fathers so you might be wondering what about the rest of us (laughs) what else can we do It's good that Walker left because that's a dumb-looking picture of him. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. If we, as fathers, are to spend quantity time with our children, doesn't it make sense that children have to spend quantity time with their fathers? It doesn't work. If not, both parties are doing it. And just like... We need to spend quantity time with our children, and they need to spend it with us. We need to spend quantity time with our Father in heaven. God calls us to that. Sometimes I think we try and garner this quality time with God. We're going to have these high moments that we're going to partake in. I actually was an usher at a church once, not this one, and they gave me the schedule And they said, from 1030 to 1034, we're going to sing this song. From 1034 to 1036, we will be impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) You can't schedule quality time with God. You can hedge your bets, but you just can't guarantee it. And so therefore, we are to spend quantity time with our Father in heaven. So let's take a look at this. There's a few verses around this as well. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'm sure you've heard this before too. Pray without ceasing. Now we all know this isn't sitting down and folding our hands and bowing our heads 24-7. Nobody in the Bible did that. And the people that do it today we think are kind of weird. There are better ways to spend your time, aren't there? So what is praying without ceasing? Praying essentially is spending time with your Father in heaven. If that's not clear enough, let's look at Luke 18.1. This is just the very beginning of a parable. It says, Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always, and not to lose heart it's pretty clear you need to pray always God says spend quantity time with me so what does that look like well and I'm really bad at this by the way so I'm trying to take my own message and learn from it we need to spend time with God we need to be honest with him So if we're angry, let's take a moment during the day and say, God, where were you when I needed you? He's big enough to handle that. Let him answer you. If you're confused, God, what do I do here? How do I do this? Can you help me? If we're seeing something beautiful, God, thank you for the sunset. My boys still do this. They thank God for sunsets, and they make us come outside and look at them. God has beauty and artwork all around us. we can learn from that and share our lives with him. So we need to spend quantity time with our father in heaven. Now I'm guilty of feeling like I have life all figured out. And I can live a good life without doing this. And I have two responses to myself and anyone else who's thinking through that. First of all is Jeremiah 33.3. God says, call to me. And I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. So if you think you have life figured out, the creator of life says, I have more to tell you. There's more that I can share with you. All you have to do is call to me, and I will answer you. I do think I have life figured out, and I don't. There's a whole lot more I can learn. And there is power. There is power in connecting to the Father. Constantly, daily, hourly. There is power in that. Secondly, if you are not connecting with God and sharing your moments with Him in the small hours, and the small things, you aren't building up a trust to the Father that loves you. This is a problem I have as well. Uh, Let's pull up the next slide. This is a quote from... Dan Osica. (laughs) I feel like I have literally said to God, I know, looking back over my life, that for 49 years you have been faithful. But what have you done for me lately? Or how do I know this time you're going to come through? And the reason I am doing that, the reason that goes through my head, through my heart, is because I am not spending the small moments with God. I'm not sharing it and allowing him to speak to me and tell me things which I do not know. So, this is my charge to everyone, fathers as well. Commit to spending quantity time with your Father in heaven. Now, I am the last person that's going to stand up here And preach a message that says the key to your salvation and having a good relationship with Jesus Christ is praying more and reading the Bible more. In fact, that always gets me a little annoyed when I go and hear a message like that. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, it is a very good thing to pray and read the Bible. But that completely ignores the creativity of the Father who made every single one of you different. Every single one of you have been creatively and beautifully made. And you will connect to the Father in ways that I don't. I don't have the silver bullet. For me, I connect to God when I'm outside. I go out at night sometimes and I take long walks when it's quiet. And immediately, whether I'm in the mood or not, I just feel a connection to Christ. And I can talk like that. Other people might be worship. Other people might be being in a forest preserve, or journaling, or serving, or being in community. Whatever works for you, that's great. If it's a legitimate connection to Jesus Christ, just do it. Because you need to commit to spending quantity time with your Father in Heaven. So I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to stop with this. Quantity time is hard. It's hard. There's so many things that I might want to be doing besides what I'm called to do. There's so many things that I'm pulled in other directions. For work. Someone said work before. Maybe I'm being pulled by work. Maybe I just want to sleep. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, distracted. Quantity time is difficult. So, let's talk about handling the difficulty. And I want to spend time, just for a moment, with our dads again. And I'll close with this, because it's hard. And I just want to ask, just for a moment, can I ask all the dads to stand up? I'm not going to do anything weird, I promise. I just want to bless you for a moment. Quantity time with your kids matters, no matter how old they are. As much time as you can. If they're growing, if they're grown, it doesn't matter. They need to be able to rely on you. They need to know that you are with them. And so I want to end by blessing you with this. If we could just move to the next slide. This is from Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 56. This is when Stephen is being stoned. And yes, I'm aware that I'm comparing being stoned to being a father. (laughs) When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Fathers, the last time We heard from Jesus. He was talking to his disciples and saying, I am going up to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Stephen, who has fulfilled his purpose and let nothing stand in the way, saw Jesus standing for him. Standing up. Can you imagine doing your work so well, being so committed to what you've been called to do, That the creator of the universe has given you a standing ovation and blessed you for what you did. So if we could just move on to the end. Fulfill your purpose, fathers. Inspire Jesus to stand up for you. This is a hard, hard calling. It's not an easy thing. And again, I know you might be saying, well, comparing Stephen, being stoned to death, to spending time with my kids is a bit of a stretch. And you know what? I hope it is. I hope that is a bit of a stretch. But there is also an element to dying to yourself, to saying, I am going to neglect this desire I have that isn't as good of an investment. And instead, I'm going to pour into my children and train them. And so I pray and I bless you that you will be present in the lives of your children. That you will be loving your children you will be committed to your faith and that you will be intentional in training them up that you will fulfill your purpose even when it's hard even when you don't want to and that one day you will see your savior greeting you standing up and saying well done my good and faithful servants you have been faithful with small things come and share in your master's joy You can be seated. So Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you are a good, good father. That you have called us into fatherhood. I pray for all the dads out there today. I pray that you help them to spend quantity time with their kids. That you give them joy in that journey. And that they are able to train them intentionally in what you have done. In who you are and what you have to offer, so that one day when they are old, they will not depart from it. Pray a blessing over our children, and for all of us who are children, help us to spend quantity time with you in the way that suits us best, to do a heart check every hour and say, have we shared our life with you? Because you are constantly sharing with us. We love you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.